mission. So we're honored to have him with us this morning and to share with us. Uh, Dr. Robles uh, is our vice president uh, for CMI. Dr. Robles, come and share and take all the way to 1030. Thank you. Are you all glad to be here today? I'm supposed to show you God's glory. How many know you don't have to be shown? He's there. The very presence of God is his glory, isn't it not? One of the things that I learned about reading this text that we've been given is that when the nation of Israel really messed up what God had meant for them, you know the story, Moses came down from the bottom of the hill and he was very disgusted. There was fiasco everywhere. They had built a calf out of gold. Aaron said, I just threw the gold into the pile and it just came out. I mean, <laughs> God was so disgusted. I mean, oh, God was very angry, very angry, upset. And then he told the people this one thing that we never want to hear from God. He said, you go ahead and go, but I'm not going with you. Moses said, if you're not going with us, I'm not doing it. And that's when all of a sudden Moses began to say, Lord, I cannot do this without your presence. Anything we've ever done, and how many know we've done things in the flesh that has panned out because we read a book, we heard somebody preach it, we saw it on the internet, it happened in California. So-and-so built a great church in New York. And so instead of saying, God, you show me, reveal and manifest your presence. Because the glory of God, you know what the glory of God is. Let me just give you what I believe um, is the glory of God. The glory of the Lord is the expression of God's person. Any manifestation of God's character, any manifestation of his attributes in the world, in the universe, is his glory. And how many know last night he manifested himself? We saw his glory. We can't complicate it because it's not that hard to understand. It's just the fact that without him, well, the scripture says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And our desire, I think as a, as a vice president of, of CMI, our desire is that we follow the pattern and the will of God and say, God, we can't go further because we just really have, those of us who have been here for a long time, we understand that this is a new day for us. We've been silent too long. We haven't had the freedom to express ourselves. Believe me, we had opinions, we just didn't say it. Here again, because we had deep respect. Let me explain to some of you who don't understand this Dr. Painel thing. What's this Dr. Painel thing? You have to understand there's a few men in this room that we, they called us his clones, Brother Dale. We were clones. I had one man come up to me and says, oh, you're just a clone. I, he, he meant it derogatory, but it was a compliment. Um, you're just a clone. But one of the things that you must understand from this perspective, I'm now 60, I'm 70 years old, and there, there, is, there was a time that we, we, didn't, we, we didn't say that what we wanted to say because, and hear me well, 
is because we had Brother Pino, we looked at him, Brother Dale, as our spiritual father. He was a father to us. And when you love your father, you don't disrespect him. And you don't sass him back, and you don't argue with him. And you don't say you're wrong, or I don't like this. I, had a, I have to be careful what I say, my son's listening to me. I'll just paraphrase it. He said to me one time, Dad, you're full of baloney. Although he didn't use baloney. I wish he would have. <laughs> and I said, are you making a statement or are you being disrespectful? And if you'll know my son, he's a very kind gentleman. He said, Dad, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just trying to express myself. Oh, for the liberty of being able to have people express themselves. Why do we think expressing yourself is disunity? I don't get it. You can't even get along with your own wife, but you don't throw her out. Oh, don't act like you don't get along, you get along with your wife. Don't, don't, don't put that on me and act like, oh, I get along with my wife. Sure you do. That's why some people sleep in separate beds, right? You still okay with me? Turn your Bibles to Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. Actually, 13 and 14. You know the story, do you not? God spoke to Moses and said, tell the people. Um, Steve kind of brought conviction. I brought this heavyweight thing. I brought it because... I can't read it either, unless I get a big print. The only thing is, it is bulky and heavy, and the problem is, these pulpits anymore, you can't share it. I can't open it up, it'll fall apart. So I'm trying to watch my notes. There's some things here that I've written down. I, I've, I'm learning something, I'm learning it from my son, actually, that you're better off writing some things down and quoting it than trying to do it by memory, because... Once you write it down, isn't that what God told Habakkuk? Write it down. If some of you would write your thoughts down instead of trying to remember it, you'd be surprised what we could do. And I'm learning that. It's not been easy for me, but I'm learning that. And the Bible says in chapter 14, if you will turn to verse 20, I want to just read part of it if I can see it. Chapter 14, are you, are you there with me? Numbers chapter 14. And the Lord said, I have... Pardon according to thy word. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. I want you to circle that. How many believe that God is filling our nation with the glory of the Lord? You can go anywhere in this country and you will find a place that you can feel his presence. Even the Bible says, the heavens declare the glory of God. You don't have to even be in church. You can go out there and watch it, look at a tree and say, that's the glory of God. It declares it loud and clear that I'm here in this earth. You never have to worry about being forsaken. Sometimes we, we get the impression that because we have behaved in a certain manner that God is going to dismiss us 
I guess we got to feel like David did. Oh, God, take not thy presence and Holy Spirit from me. How many of you ever felt that? Like, oh, God, I don't, I don't, I don't feel anything. I don't say, and we need to quit talking about feeling and just know that God's with us. Amen. How many know God's with you? Pastors, can I just tell you, God's with you. You say, well, I'm not a great preacher. I don't have a big church. Oh, let's get over that big church stuff. How many know it's not about numbers. It's about discipling people anyway. And I'm going to tell you the people who you attract are the people who you will minister to. It's not about preaching. Preaching is the easy part. Hello, preachers. I almost hesitated even preaching this morning because you can't tell preachers anything. They know everything. I mean, and they'll take a sermon that you preach, and he said, well, he could have said that, but you know what? The Greek word says this, and, you know, I've, I've, he missed that part. So I, I'm sure I'm going to get butchered after this thing's over, but the truth of the matter is, I mean, you know, the word of the Lord is the word of the Lord. And the Bible says that the glory of the Lord, I lost my place, I'll find it. Surely, the Bible says, The earth will be filled with this glory. Verse 22. Because all of those men who have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt. I want you to catch that for a minute. All those people who've seen miracles have seen my glory. Most of us here this morning are walking miracles. How many here you are a walking miracle? That God would take a terrible person like you and fill you with the Holy Ghost in that earthen vessel, that pot. Nothing but a pot, that's what you are. And that those treasures of God have been deposited in those of us who are wretched. Clay pots, vulnerable, susceptible. No wonder preachers screw up because we're human. To think that God would deposit his spirit, herb, in vessels like us. She, he knows it. <laughs> because of those men who have seen my glory and my miracles that I did in Egypt. And boy, did he do a lot of them. And in the wilderness. And have put me to the test. Now these ten times. And have not hearkened to my voice. Something to be said about the glory of God and hearkening to his voice. There's something about that. I can't put my finger on it. Surely they shall not see the land which I swore to give unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. You all know what he's referring about, right? These negative people who could not believe and trust God ate their own words. Somebody says, oh, that's just positive thinking. Whatever comes out of your mouth is what you will reap. Don't let your mouth be a snare. Because whatever comes out of your mouth is what's going to transpire in your future. You say, prove it to me. They said out of their mouth, would to God we would have been in Egypt. Would Whether to God that we had died in Egypt than to go forward. And you know what? 
It's exactly what's being fulfilled right now. You said it. What you said is what's going to come upon you. And they all died. That generation all died in the wilderness. God had to raise up Joshua and a new generation. May my generation, this boomer age, may we not be able, may, may God help us that we will not be able to say, or we will be able to say that we have followed the Lord wholly, not H-O-L-Y, but W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy. I like my brother Yurton said, I'm going to preach till I die. I'm going to live till I die. Isn't that a wonderful thing? I haven't got to my text yet, but I'm getting there. Surely they shall not see the land. Verse 24. But, I mean, no, there's got to be a but everywhere. But is a conjunction. It's a conjunction. Now watch this. But. He just talked about these people who are going to die in the wilderness because they didn't have enough faith to believe God's word. And let me just say this to you. In Deuteronomy, it's very clear. God spoke to Moses to take the land. He never told him to take uh, a poll. He didn't tell him to take a vote. It was his idea. Some joker came up and said, don't you think we ought to look at the house before we buy it? Don't you think we ought to go look at the land before we take it? God said, no, take it. It's yours. I've given it to you. They didn't get into trouble until all of a sudden they started listening to the other ten. I'm saying that because some preachers, they can't make decisions without the approval of the crowd. And I want to tell you something. If you're that kind of preacher, you're going to miss God a lot of times because people don't know what you know. You're the man that God has placed in that place to give direction and vision to that church. And for you to not know what God's, where God's taking you, how I many know you can throw it up for grabs and people are going to misdirect you, take you to a place you don't want to go. But Caleb, my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and had followed, the, the, had followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went and his seed shall possess it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind up the spirit of the enemy that would try to hinder us from believing you to revealing your glory to your people. I invoke the presence of God in this place. And may we sense that you're with us and we have come to this place not to dance and to shout, nor we know we love doing that, but God, we've come that you might impart something into us. We've come hungry. Some of us, Lord, are confused. We're in a state of transition. We don't know what you want. We've got trouble at home. We've got people in the church that we love, and yet, Lord, we somehow can't get along with them. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will reveal yourself to us today, we ask in the name of Jesus. And all of the people of God said. Was Caleb stubborn? But he has another spirit. Is he reckless? We can take this land. Dude, you didn't hear what we saw. You're not telling them. We saw giants. We saw walls. Is he divisive? Two against ten. Ten said, you know what's interesting? Nobody knows the names of those ten. 
but we know the two. Who are they? Because Caleb had a a different, another spirit. The spirit of the man is the most important part of, of us today. You knew that? Your spirit is very important. It's not like character or quality or distinct in nature out of the ordinary. It's unusual. It's not the norm. It's exceptional. It means, a different spirit means to be set apart from the norm. It means not being a part of the ordinary usual crowd. The spirit of the man, listen to me very carefully. I, I've, I've been thinking a lot about this because now I'm 60 years old. I've been pastoring for over 44 years. I'm in transition myself and I realize that my spirit is what's going to determine my success or my failure. Proverbs says this, the spirit of the man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear it? When your spirit is strong, listen to me, saints, when your spirit is strong, there's nothing that you will ever deal with or encounter in life that will catch you off guard. Oh, pastor, you don't know the troubles that I've been through. These people are fighting me. That's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. They shouldn't swallow everything you say anyway. Who are you, God? But if the presence of God is there. When, when all of a sudden Moses went in that tent and the people stood back and they saw the Shekinah glory, they knew that the glory of God had revealed itself. In fact, they said, you tell us what God says and we'll do everything that God tells you we ought to do. Liar, liars, pants on fire. You must understand that we are both human beings and spirit beings. Help me understand that. Describe, the Bible describes it, the flesh versus the spirit. We neglect our spirit so often. We feed the flesh. You cannot expect your spirit to win the war against your flesh when, the, when in fact your flesh lives better and eats better and gets everything it wants. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you feed your flesh everything it wants and you starve the spirit, let me know when you encounter difficulty, you're going you're gonna to have to run to the emergency room. I want you to listen very carefully. You cannot expect your spirit being to gain the victory in temptations that you are wrestling with when you only feed in on Sunday. I feel terrible that we are only having Sunday morning services. I wonder why our people aren't spiritual. Because we got to go with the crowd. We got to be relevant. Screw relevancy, man. You got to know. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. Pardon me. Let's get a better word. Uh, forget relevancy. Culture. See, the culture has done more damage to us than we have done to the culture. I'll get off my soapbox. If you don't feed your spirit, you weaken it. For Caleb has another, a different spirit. That's what I want to talk to you about. And when we all of a sudden understand that the glory of God will fill the earth, but with two kind of attitudes. One said, God's not able. The other one said, God is able. I like that word, able. I'm an able person. How about you? 
Now you have to understand, Kadesh of Barnea. I mean, Kadesh means holy. Barnea means heights. Am I right? Heights of holiness. And when you're walking in the heights of holiness, you see things that other people don't see. You need to know that. That's why it's so important that we have a different spirit as we walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. We walk by faith and not by sight. Caleb had good roots. I like what Pastor said last night, roots. Boy, did he have good roots. His father named him Caleb. You know what Caleb means? It means dog. It means bold, valiant, tenacity. He's a dog. I had a dog that was given to me. I didn't really want it, but it was given to me by my brother. His name was Bogey. My brother's a golfer. Get it? Bogey. And we used to play this game. I really loved having him, but I'm not a, no offense to you dog lovers, but I just don't want to walk a dog. I think the silliest thing is you see people. And then they carry this little bag to, ke- to collect poop. I am not a pooper scooper, believe me. You can, you can have your dogs. But this dog liked to play, and I got a sock, and he would get a hold of it, and, and the more, I mean, no, God needs to make us tenacious, just like that. To lay hold of a promise and say, God, you said it to me, and I'm not letting go. I'm going to be a dog about this. My name's Caleb. What's your name? See something strange in your neighborhood? Who are you going to call? Don't say Ghostbusters. I'm here still with me. His father's name was Jephaniah. Check out his roots. His dad's name was Jephaniah. You'll see it in chapter 13. You know what Jephaniah means? It means it shall be prepared. This is the statement of faith. So his father was a man of faith, and he lived in the land of praise. He was from Judah. Good God Almighty, don't get me started on Judah. Because in Judah is God known. You want his presence? Start praising him. Start praising him. You, you, go, you, go, you wake up Monday morning, and you're in the blues, get in your car, take a drive. Hopefully it'll be a Buick like that guy does with this baby who can't sleep. Go take a drive and begin to praise him. And watch when all of a sudden you start to praise him, God shows up. God inhabits the praises of his people. May we never forget that we are praisers. We're not singers, we're praisers. This is what's so discouraging sometimes. Now, I want to say some things as I know. You know, I'm 60, 70 years old now, and I see things now a little different than they did when I was younger. But I see some stuff now that I just wonder, man, it's just a concert. It's leading people into praise. You saw it last night. Did you see them last night? Man, they were praising, crying. It just prepared the way for a pastor to come and minister to us. Can you say amen? amen? He lived in the land of praise. I want to tell you something. Who you hang around with determines how you will look at, at, at life. Your friends are a prophecy of where you're going. Some of us need to quit hanging around some losers and start hanging around people of faith. You can say what you want to about Joel Osteen, but that dude knows how to encourage people. It's time we quit being jealous about Joel Osteen. 
get off of this stuff. Well, he's just a positive preacher. Well, what do you think we ought to be? Negative preachers? <laughs> Duh. I don't want to be a negative preacher. Sometimes I find myself, hey, you're so negative. Some of you have been raised with a negative father and a mother, so you inherit it honestly. But he was a member of the tribe of Judah. That's, Judah means what? I did a little word study. Judah in the Hebrew is yada, Y-H-D-A-H. What does that mean? It means to throw up your hands in the expression of praise and thanksgiving. That's what that means, yada. But if you take the H off of it, it's yada, Y-A-D-A. That's a secondary word that means to be sexually intimate. Are you with me? Some of you didn't know that, did you? What's got to do with Praise. See, Adam knew Eve. That's yada, Y-A-D-A. Didn't know her. He knew her intimately. Can I get an amen? You cannot praise and not get pregnant because you have an intimate relationship with God. We ought to come to church tonight praising, coming out saying, I'm pregnant. I got impregnated tonight, and I'm going to go out. God is going to birth something inside of me tonight. That I didn't have before. And we have taken that whole word, yada, sexually being intimacy, totally the wrong way. We have taken it to mean pleasure. And pleasure of intimacy is just secondary. Some of you may not to get that. Oh, it got quiet all of a sudden, sorry. Because praise and pregnancy is the consequence of purpose of intimacy, which is pregnancy. The problem in worship and praises that too many are seeking pleasure rather than his purpose. And his purpose is to give birth something inside of you. I hope that something that you hear today, when you leave this place, you'll say, I'm coming home pregnant with something that was deposited, a seed was deposited in me, and it's going to fulfill itself in a matter of months, and I'm going to give birth to something that I never thought I could give birth to. I'm prophesying to somebody. Let's talk about Caleb. I got a watch here, so I got to be careful. Thank you. Gee, Lord have mercy. Number one, Caleb was courageous. He said, they said, we are not able for they are stronger than we are. That's a fear-filled report. We are not able I'm glad my mom named me Abel. Because every t- challenge that I've had, I said, your name's Abel, dude. So I spelled A-B-L-E. It's made, spelled the right way, A-B-E-L. And how many know that sometimes this spirit-filled fear gets a hold of us in the ministry? There was a time that I thought I was going to lose the building. We had a holiday inn that we had. We had more toilets than any church in America. Had 150 rooms in that Holiday Inn. How many know we bought a Holiday Inn? Anybody know that? What a Holiday Inn. It, it was okay. And you know why I bought it? You're going to believe this. But see, here's the deal. You've got to listen to people that you respect. Brother Pano said to me, I'll never forget it. He said, you know why you ought to buy that? I said, Pastor, it's got toilets. <laughs> Thousands of toilets. And there's just hotel rooms. They're burned out. Who's going to come to a Holiday Inn? Pastor. If the presence of God there, they'll come anywhere from any place. 
He said, you know why you ought to buy that building? I said, why? Because that building will always be a commercial building. And if for any reason you want to sell it, you can sell it not as a church, but as a commercial building. Six years ago, we sold that building for over a million dollars. We're in a brand new building right now that's totally debt free. I listened to the old man, excuse the expression, who had wisdom, who had been there before. He never owned a Holiday Inn. What does he know about a Holiday Inn? But he knew something that this young preacher didn't know. We are able. Really? We're like grasshoppers, Moses. Oh, these stupid people don't understand that grasshoppers can fly. They can fly, dude. You ever seen a grasshopper? They fly. Try to grab them. They'll fly off. That's us. We're grasshoppers, but that's okay with... We're God's grasshoppers. Really, the grasshoppers. Caleb was fearless. He said to them, don't rebel against the Lord. I'm talking in Numbers 14, 9, if you want to see it in your Bible. Do not fear against the Lord. Rebel against the Lord. Don't be afraid of the people of the Lord. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection. But the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. For the Lord is with us. There's the presence and the glory. Caleb understood the glory of God, his presence. What are you talking about? Those giants and those walls are nothing to God. They don't even have any protection. They were giants. And you're talking about they don't have protection? When you compare the giants to God, they're un poquito. Caleb said in Numbers 13, 30, we are well able didn't spell able right, though. They should have put my name there. He is well able. The ten focused on the obstacles rather than focusing on the power of God in his presence. That's why it's called an evil report. You know why it's called an evil report? Because it's not true. Be careful that you don't listen to people in your church that say, we can't do that, Pastor. We've never done that before. It's an evil report. It's not true. How many know we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us? God is a miracle worker. His middle name was Abel. Hate to tell you guys that, but that was his middle name. My mother did right, and she was a little Catholic little woman in a Catholic hospital. She names her son Abel. That was prophetic. She wasn't even saved then. And the Bible says, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. You know what, that, when I read that, you know what came to my spirit? I wrote it down by hand. That tells you a lot about people, how people think about positive preachers. Did you hear what they said? They negated his positive statement. 
That's why I said, and I'm not really, I, I'm not promoting Joe Osteen, but I'm going to tell you something. We need to quit bad-mouthing Joe and Osteen and start believing that maybe God is well able to pull us out of any situation that we have. And preach that to your people rather than saying, oh, he's just a positive preacher. He's a psychological preacher. He's just an encourager. Well, Barnabas was. I said Barnabas was. Name your child Barnabas. The encourager. That's what I want to be. No, the discourager. Let's call him the discourager. <laughs> Caleb knew very well that we walk by faith and not by sight. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Caleb had another spirit. They wanted to kill him. You know why I say he's courageous? They wanted to kill him. How many know they wanted to kill him? Verse 10, chapter 14 says, And the whole assembly talked about stoning him. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of the meeting of all the Israelites. I don't know if you've ever read any of Henry Blackaby's books, but Henry Blackaby said this, We don't need politicians in our church. We need statesmen. We don't need people that will cower to the pleas of the people because he's afraid they may walk out. The best thing that they could do is to walk out. It's called a colon cleanser. <laughs> Hate to be so rude about it. Has anybody ever had a cleansing in your church? And we fretted about it. Oh, did we fret about it? No, 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 no. Don't fret about it. Because you know that whatever God takes away, God will replace with somebody better. Caleb was patient. He followed the Lord fully. What does that mean? For 40 years, even though they didn't listen to the Lord, for 40 years he hung in there for, in the wilderness. And followed the Lord for 40 years in the wilderness and remained faithful to God's promises. In fact, in Joshua, he is a finisher and not a quitter. He's very zealous, even at 85, and he says, I am able to take the land that Moses promised me. I'm 85, but I'm just as strong as 45 as I was when I was, at, at, at 45 as, at 85 as I was when I was 45. I got my words messed up. How many at times need to understand that you're just as strong? I know we're old roots, but I tell you what, you ever try to move an old root? I'm going to tell you how damaging roots can be. I was playing golf one time, and I had a root with my club. I messed that club up. A root did that. He followed the Lord fully, which means he put in 40 years to get his promised land. Only in Joshua and Caleb did that. Caleb inherited what God had promised because his faith never wavered. Joshua 14, 14. This is not an emotional fire. This is not a short burning zeal, but a real long lasting, deep burning passion for God. He didn't believe in retiring from the Lord's work. Here he is 40 years later. The entire time Caleb has had the opportunity for the promise to seem far off and the vision to grow dim. But contrary to natural order, because he has a different spirit, Caleb is alive with faith and Vitally strong in the Lord, so much so that he and his clan take out the giants with frightening off the whole nation 40 years ago. 
Hold fast to the promises of God to let not the vision fade. Somebody say amen. He was a man who, looked, who went forward and not backwards. He will bring us into the land. And he said, if the Lord delights in us. That's all that matters, folks. If the Lord delights in us, that's all that matters. Amen? He didn't look back, he looked forward. Listen to this. I got this out of this book that I was reading. It says, when you live in the past, you forfeit your future. Our past should not be our guideposts, nor our hitching posts. No, should be our guideposts, not our hitching posts. The crowd said giants. Caleb, they saw giants. Caleb saw grapes. You see the difference? No wonder people, the Bible says without a vision, people. Caleb understood the power of his presence. Chapter 14, verse 9, the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Apart from me, you can do nothing, the Lord says. It's not by might nor by power, says the Lord. Can you say amen? Father, I thank you for the presence of God. May we understand that it's your presence that goes with us to accomplish the things that you have deposited in our heart. Lord, there are men of God and women of God that are here searching for an answer and direction for their church and for their people that they've loved. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, that something inside their spirit was stirred this morning to understand that the glory of God will always be manifested when we encumber his presence. Come, Holy Spirit, we need you. Come, Holy Spirit, I need thee. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in thy strength and thy power, thy power. Come in thine own gentle way. Oh, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Oh, every hour. Uh, can we stand to our feet for a minute? Can you lift your hands with me and say, Spirit of God, show me your glory me now my Savior I come to Thee one more time oh I need Thee oh I need Spirit of God, every hour I need Thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior.
Lay your hands on somebody next to you. You never know who's coming to this place hurting.